Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek, here with my wonderful friend and co-host, Ananga Severe. And today we're going to be discussing three ways to relax the hold of anxiety. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shan. Let's begin by talking about the, the three ways that we relax the hold of anxiety and that we've found over many, many moons to help us feel better in our bodies and in our minds and take it from there. Mm. The first thing we both share together when we're talking and in the podcast, I think, is movement. Yeah. When we don't move, we become more anxious because we have more time to be in our heads instead of moving about the world, whether it be mindful walking or yoga or qigong or dancing or hiking, whatever it is that, that we do to, to move our bodies is such a beautiful way to care for ourselves, body, mind, and spirit. Mm. What I've learned from my own experience with anxiety is that it can have quite a paralyzing effect, especially nighttime anxiety. Um, that can be particularly difficult to deal with. But you know, I've had days where I've just been sitting in my chair and then anxiety will come and during particularly challenging times in my life, I, I feel like it's got me, you know, it just rears up and, and catches me. And what I've learned is to not stay sitting because it feels like a hostage situation to me when anxiety flares like that, it really gets hold of my mind and then I'm stuck, stuck with it. And whatever it's going to throw up, it kind of gains momentum when you're stuck with it. So one of my favorite things to do is a very simple movement is to get up and walk. Sometimes I shake my body, shake my arms and legs or bounce on my heels. That's a qigong move for freeing stuff up, just bouncing on your heels, shaking your arms, loosening your shoulders. And I'll just start tapping, pacing up and down and tapping on the collarbone point in the EFT tapping sequence. Just tapping on the collarbone, taking deep breaths. And the anxiety very quickly starts to to ease, but it's really important to get up, go for a walk, make some tea, do something, take a shower, something moving away. Move. <laughs> yeah, move. Move it and move it. <laughs> yes. And remind us how the collarbone point is helpful when we're starting to feel anxious. In traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture and all those wonderful Eastern energy traditions, that point is called K27. So it's on the tail end of the kidney meridian. The kidney meridian starts in the middle of the bottom of our feet and runs up the legs through the trunk of the body and it ends in point 27 by the collarbone. And that's a particularly good point for tapping, for releasing fear. The kidneys are related to fear and anxiety. So tapping that point, it's not just a decoy or something to do, a diversion. It's not random. There's a science behind it. And tapping that point releases fear, reduces fear. And it really works. If it's not working and you try it, just do it for longer. Just keep tapping. You might need to do it for two or three minutes if the anxiety is really high, but it will go down. And you can find the point on our website. There's a diagram of the points, anxietieslayer.com forward slash EFT. I found that when I'm tapping, sometimes I need to tap a little bit more firmly than other times. And so that's something to share as well, is sometimes it's just a matter of making your tap just a little bit firmer, a little bit stronger than it might 
normally be. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I notice a lot is if I'm starting to feel overwhelmed is if I just distract myself enough to do uh, now this time of year, it would be going out to the garden and making sure that my plants have everything they need. You know, did I give them enough water? If the heat is really, really high, do they need another drink? The stuff that are in a pot or whatever, do I need to put a load of laundry in? Do I need to assess something? And because I work out of my home, I can do that. And, and if I'm working, that tends to take care of it itself because I <laughs> have my mind focused on getting work done. But but when I'm not, if something comes up, I've just noticed it's been really helpful or even to prepare uh, something ahead of time that maybe for dinner, like chopping vegetables mm-hmm. or just something that I can do and then put aside. And, and generally, by the time I'm done with whatever that task is, I feel much better. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. Last weekend, I was mowing the lawn. I find that always makes me feel really good. Well, you're smelling the grass clipping, you know, it smells so good. Being grounded by, yeah. by being outside and, and those things are just incredibly important. And I think it's just one of those things we need to bring forward that this isn't a marathon. This isn't having to run to a class or having to do the other things that I brought up in the beginning about, you know, Qigong and yoga, those things you can do on your own at your own pace. Mm-hmm. I go in and out of my yoga practice this morning. I was available to do yoga for about 15 minutes and it was wonderful. And it was mostly just shavasana and stretching and some of the real basic root chakra postures, but that's what I knew that I needed. And then if tomorrow, tomorrow might look different. Tomorrow might look like Qigong. Tomorrow might look like mindful walking. (laughs) And I think that having choice is really helpful for movement as well. It doesn't always have to be the same thing and it doesn't always have to be rigorous or planned. No. um, And I think if anxiety is high, particularly if there's health anxiety or anxiety about heart health, it's good if it isn't rigorous. True. Because we can get anxious when the heart rate elevates. So it's good to find something gentle, flowing, mindful, and something that's not weather dependent. Mm -hmm. The trouble is with the anxious mind is it can be so awkward and so rigid and not our friend that it will throw up obstacles every which way to anything we're trying to do to help ourselves. And then we get caught in that procrastination space and being held hostage. So it's definitely good, as you said, to have variety. Mm -hmm. Have a few things bookmarked that you like. Make a list, stick it somewhere on a pin board, on a fridge. A list of options of different ways of moving. And even going and taking a shower, that's also moving. Anything that isn't you know, stuck on your rear right, end right. is is moving. Anything counts, even if it's running up and down the stairs a couple of times or anything that gets you up and, and moves you away from that hostage anxiety situation counts, whether it's chores or exercise or whatever, walking the dog, whatever it is, playing with a, with a child, going for a swim, whatever's easily available to you that counts as just moving away from being held Mm. frozen with anxiety. 
And the next way to relax the hold of anxiety is through nourishment and being mindful of what we are putting in our bodies and on top of our bodies. So through what we eat, what we drink, what we take in through our skin, and of course, what we feed our mind. Nutrition makes a huge difference to anxiety. Ayurveda, India's ancient science of life, teaches that what we eat doesn't just affect us today. It affects us for several days after we eat it. It works through the different tissue layers of the body, right down to our nervous system. Over several days after eating, what we eat becomes more and more refined, healthy, peaceful eating. Eating that isn't causing stress to anyone is, is ideal, easily digestible. Ayurveda teaches that we're not what we eat, we're what we digest. So to really look at how our body's responding to our food, how available is our food to us? Are we suffering with heartburn or gas or something after eating? If we are, those things need support to make sure that we're digesting our food as best we can. I've been finding the use of enzymes and probiotics really helpful. and. To each his own, of course, but if I'm going to have a heavier meal, I will always accompany that with some enzymes to help break it down. And then probiotics are something that my doctor recommended based on my age and body type and and just getting some of those probiotics in so that you have a healthy stomach. And uh, so many of us don't. And especially if we've been on any medications or antibiotics, it's really important to, to rebuild that. And again, I'm not a doctor, but I do recommend that you speak with your doctor or healthcare practitioner about whether that might be good for you. It's been helpful for me, for sure. I think any degree of proactivity and exploration when it comes to looking after our health is beneficial. We can always learn more about how to take care of our body better, mm-hmm. how to fuel it better, nourish it better. A very simple natural remedy to increase digestion. In, in Ayurveda, it's described that we have a fire in the stomach. Jata Agni is the fire of digestion. So it needs stoking sometimes before we eat so that it can burn off what we eat healthily. And one simple, thing, simple way to do that is to take a little ginger, uh, fresh ginger before meals. Mm-hmm. just to stoke that fire. And I find that a really helpful analogy as well, if you think of a fire and kindling a fire and it being able to cook the food that gets put on it, take care of the fuel that gets put on it. And something we're very good at doing in the West is dousing the fire with too much cold, damp food. Right. So if you think of a fire that you dump a load of wet leaves from the garden on, it starts smoking and choking. That's what we don't want to be doing in our bodies. So particularly when we're stressed or anxious, our digestion's already going to be compromised a little bit. It's under duress from the anxiety, from the stress. So to take it easy and give it things that are easy to digest, not overeating and not too much Mm -hmm. cold, not too much damp, warm, wet, slightly oily foods are, are considered ideal for the nerves. It's also important that we are mindful about what we take in through our skin. There are so many different body products out there, and a lot of them have all kinds of chemicals and 
contain things that we really probably ought not put on our skin, but we're not really aware of it, or it smells good, or it's something we've always done or always used, or those kinds of things. And I know that over the years, I have done a big shift in, or I've made a big shift in what I put on my skin. And now it is so much cleaner. There are so there are fewer ingredients, or if I do have oils, they're made by somebody that I know who uses only the best clean ingredients or a company that uses very few ingredients, all which are good for your skin. And there's an, an often overlooked option with nourishment to nourish ourselves via our skin. Mm-hmm. You know, to allow um, healthy oils to to go into the skin and into the deeper tissues of the body, which is where it's recommended in Ayurveda that we practice oil massage, particularly with sesame oil. Warm sesame oil is really good for anxiety, for the nervous system, and touch is really important for anxiety and for the nervous system. So you're combining those two elements together. So to massage the body with sesame oil, is considered nourishing. You're actually bringing something into the body. Absolutely. Yeah, bringing something in that the body really needs and benefits from, something that nourishes the nervous system. So it's a really good practice. And I like coconut oil for cooling. And usually we'll use coconut oil this time of year. And again, that's just my, my way. It doesn't mean it's the right way. It's just what I've found is, is helpful for me. Well, it's seasonally, seasonally right for your body type, certainly, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, we have to remember that we're also feeding our mind every day. And what we feed our mind will either bring up anxiety or will help us remain calm and relaxed and in, in a peaceful state. And that is something that you will... Here, Ananga and I talk about over and over and over again <laughs> because it's so incredibly important that we're mindful of what we bring into our minds. Yeah, we have unlimited opportunity these days to deliver junk food to our minds and to bring ourselves mental heartburn, distress, mm-hmm. mental indigestion. And a lot of anxiety comes from overwhelm and mental indigestion and just too much incoming. Too much overstimulation. And if that gets really too much, we can start to feel quite low. So we have to be careful to protect our mind and to not fill it with junk. It's just all too easy for it to get in these days. So we have to practice being guarded and taking care, protecting our mind, having boundaries for our mind. And we all have different natures in what helps us and what we feel is nutritious to our mind. I personally find it extremely helpful to study. I like to study psychological literature, Ayurvedic information, and spiritual information. Uh, the more I do it, the better my mind feels because it's got good stuff to chew over, good stuff to digest, good nutrition. It brings good thoughts in the mind rather than leaving the mind idle with its own propaganda. Yeah, and and Asian is mental nutrition. And it nourishes our mind and strengthens our intelligence, which then can direct the anxious mind to a much better place and better choices. 
Yeah. Ayurveda has a, a view of the intelligence is that it should be like a good mother. Um, and the mind is like a restless child. So when, our, when we strengthen our intelligence, and we can all do it, it's there for us to do, then we can start shepherding our mind and directing our mind kindly with self-compassion, but bringing it to a better place. When the mind is in control, it's like a toddler driving a car. And um, it might look cute for five minutes, then it becomes very dangerous. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and, ter- and terrifying. So, you know, we don't, we don't want that monkey mind ruling the show. So we need to strengthen our intelligence and then our intelligence can make good choices and take care of our mind. Mm. And there's a hierarchy in, in the Vedas, in Vedic wisdom, in Ayurveda of how things go. We've got the, the mind and then above the mind is the intelligence and beyond the intelligence is the soul. So when we study spiritual literature, we're speaking to our soul Mm -hmm. and we're going at that higher level, which is beyond the mind. And then we start to experience real peace, spiritual groundedness and peace. That makes me think of the 14-day challenge that I just finished. I walked the shores of Lake Michigan in one location or another for 14 days straight without any distractions, just me and the water and the woods and the wildlife and the sand and just really doing my part to my higher self and to stop the flow of content (laughs) coming at me from screens or even, even the loveliest book or song or podcast or meditation, I I needed to not have any of that. I needed to just be with myself. Mm -hmm. And it was incredibly supportive. I feel so grounded and wonderful after that experience. And I invite you to consider something like that for yourself, to give yourself a challenge, whether it be part of what we're talking about today through uh, movement or nourishment or what we're going to speak of next, relaxation, whatever might work where you can set up a challenge and and look after yourself in that way. It really does pay off. And if you're a patron, I did a little, a short recording about that, that, uh, that you can listen to on our Patreon account. Yeah, I think it's very valuable to be able to take the action we feel we need to nourish ourselves and to check in with ourselves after any activity and just ask, how do I feel after that? Do I feel more calm, more grounded? Do I feel like I've got a bit more space? Do my nerves feel less jangled? Or or has that increased my anxiety? And to just check in. Yeah, notice. Notice how you feel. Notice and adjust. Mm -hmm. The difficult days with anxiety, anxiety will tell us we have nothing we can do. Nothing works. Tried everything. It's not true. That's just anxiety's propaganda. There's always new things to try. If we've tried something and we think it doesn't work, try something different or try it more or see how other people are doing it. There's always things we can learn, always things we can try. And something's going to work if we give it a chance. And then the third way to release the hold of anxiety is to practice relaxation, to relax. And I realize that anxiety makes it hard to relax because the energy of anxiety is quite restless. But honestly, we need to rest and relax to recover, to get 
on the, to the other side of, of those anxious feelings. And so when you find ways to relax and engage your mind in a peaceful way, you will feel incredibly supported. And that, of course, includes guided meditations of the likes that Ananga and I have recorded. I don't even know how many. Seems like hundreds. Uh, creative activities where you can draw or paint or sculpt or garden or whatever it is to you that means creation. Certainly reading, poetry, and journaling are all wonderful ways to relax. So we're not inviting you to just sit there or to just nap, although I must say I'm a big proponent of naps. I nap almost every day, even if it's just 15 minutes. (laughs) Uh, It helps me, so I do it. And then uh, because I know what helps, I know what choices I can make. And because I have that menu, just like you do, I can choose, ah, in this moment, what would be really good for me right now? In this moment, what would I like to read? Or maybe reading feels like too much because sometimes when I'm anxious, all of the words kind of run together and I have to read a sentence over like five times to even let it sink in. And that's when I realized, you know, reading is not a good choice for me right now. This is where we need to know our own personal workarounds. I've, I've noticed with myself on days when reading might be difficult, I can listen. I can listen to an audio book and I might choose to do some coloring in to bring some extra focus and creativity and so anxiety makes it very hard to be with ourselves but there are ways to do it where the mind is peacefully engaged we're still relaxing but we're taking care that the anxious thoughts aren't running away with us and i find when i can't read if i journal i can get whatever is whizzing about in my head out onto the page and that is often helpful yeah I journal most days, and uh, I have also have an app I use for journaling, which will present my journals of, on you know on this day last year, last five years. I've been doing it for years. Sometimes I'll get something will come up from seven or eight years ago, and I find that really helpful. There'll be pictures, prayers, realizations, how I've coped with difficult days. Um, it helps me to be kinder to myself to see what what app is that? Uh, it's called Day One. Cool. It's kind of like Facebook when the memories come up yeah. and you see different pictures or different posts or whatever. That's what it reminds me of when you, when you say yeah, that. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's like that. And it'll say, you know, on this day you have three memories or four memories, depending on how many years, yeah. how frequently you're posting. But it helps me with self-compassion because sometimes I'll look back on a difficult time and I might be a little hard on myself. But when that app pings up what I was doing at the time to try and cope, I realize, oh, I was actually having a really good go at self-care. and compassion and working with that so um helps me learn lessons it helps me see patterns it helps me see how i've coped with things before it's good it's explorative another way i love to journal is nature journaling just to uh write about beautiful birds or plants or experiences i've had in nature things i've noticed in nature just for that mindful presence yeah i like to do that with my camera and and capturing what i'm seeing when I'm out and about, and even on this 14-day challenge, I always made sure to take some pictures while I was doing it, but that wasn't the main focus of 
of the time. You know, I would get those done and then put the phone away. But to be able to write about the experience and have the memory of standing underneath the giant willow tree or communing with butterflies that are flitting about or whatever it might be to bring that beauty in and to to journal it in my way not through writing but through, you know maybe a little a few words but with those pictures and I know you like to capture and journal with pictures as well and so so you can see how these things that might not initially make you feel like that's not really relaxing or relaxation but it is yeah and it's creatively engaging the mind so it's it's an easy form of relaxation relaxation doesn't have to be sitting doing nothing that can be very hard when we're anxious because the energy of anxiety is restless and it's moving so we can't artificially suppress that we need to harness it and engage it so it's like occupational therapy and it's whatever appeals to you sometimes i enjoy copying out prayers or poems just having a pen in my hand and hearing it scratch on the paper to me can feel really mindful and good so find your thing and tell us in our group come on the facebook group and uh share with us what you're doing and then when you share you'll be helping and inspiring others we've all got our areas that we can turn to yeah we'd love to hear what's working for you we, we know that it's easier to come forward with what's bugging you or what's cropping up as far as symptoms and things like that but what if we were to start talking about what works and what practices we're using and what we're doing i think you'll find some some real help with that if you uh, give yourself the space to explore. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode of Anxiety Slayer. We are incredibly grateful that you continue to join us week after week. And if you want to dig deeper with us, you can join our Patreon and get, I think we have over 100 downloads now that are up for calming anxiety, guided relaxations, EFT tapping, uh, these little journals that I do that are recorded, so many sessions and, and things that are available to you. And you can learn more at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer. And we'll see you again next week.